Welcome to Mudville, a podcast about baseball and cinema. I'm Brody Stout. I'm Nolan Rabine. We hope you enjoy. All right. Anyways, we're back. It's Mudville. What up, Mudballs? June thirteenth. Yeah, I guess I'm that's the thing now. Yeah, I guess that's fine. Yeah, get it. Mud balls rolling. What's up, mud balls? That's uh, terrible. The Yankees are playing the Mets right now at City Field. Yes, sir. But it was a tough past week. They had a home stand against two different colored of socks. Neither <laughs> series went well. No. On to discuss today. We brought Red Sox aficionado and probably the only bostonian who's currently in our good graces i think that's fair our good friend mr tony brown tony how are you i'm doing good thank you for that i really appreciate it absolutely and uh red sox nation i will uh if you're listening closely i'll blink twice if i need help (laughs) it's gonna be a very audible blink yeah (laughs) yeah this is uh this is odd for me i don't converse regularly with red sox fans very often no this is is gonna go one of two ways i don't want to say underachieving because this is kind of two uh teams that should be doing better how are you feeling about the red sox season this year (laughs) i mean i'm totally in mid mode i think they're just a complete mid team um, I think I heard somewhere that in their last 500 games, they're 250 and 250. Mm. Um, that was going into wow. uh, the Yankees series, yeah. which they won, but then immediately lost to the Rockies. So it's <laughs> you guys it's still 500. Rockies. Yeah, last night lost to the Rockies. So, oh, wow. but I feel worse about our series now. <laughs> the, it was the Connor Seabold revenge game. Not great. Uh, <laughs> It wasn't good. No. Yeah. Um, my brother had a prediction before the series or the uh, the season started that all of the projected rotation that the Sox had was going to not be either on the team or in the rotation by the season's end, um, which was what was it? Whitlock, Kluber, Kluber Sale, yeah, and two more who oh Bayo I think and one right. more who right. I now can't think of. I don't of. think it was uh, Pavetta who's it now in the bullpen. Yeah. 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 Who has now moved to the bullpen. <laughs> Same a, with Kluber. That's yep. a good prediction. He's, yeah, he's two fifths of the way there, I guess. He's, now so he's forty like, percent of the way yeah, there. He's, he's getting there. You know who I owe an apology to is James Paxton. I yeah. said on the podcast at one point that he would be out of the league by August. You did, and he he's did been the that. best pitcher in baseball for all of June. That's amazing. So, I biff, yeah, I, I don't know how. I don't know how he's doing it. I Look, anybody can get, be good for a month. I mean, yeah, I suppose, <laughs> but you know, it, it look it's it's being backed up by the uh, the data, yeah. as they say. <laughs> All right, nerd. <laughs> it depends on what you mean by uh, out of the league. If you consider a sixty-day IL by August, because uh, you don't know, Fair you could enough. just break. This is uh, this whole season has just been like strange. Can we all agree with that? Are we like all on the same page? It's with that? definitely been an odd season. It's I know. weird. Everything we've, feels weird. We've said a few times a bunch of teams that we thought would be in first or second or in fourth, and in some cases, vice versa. Yeah. You know, nobody expected St. Louis to be this bad. Nobody expected them to be in last, of course. The uh, Pirates are still in first place, and it is currently June 13th. Yeah, I'm going to go so far as to say nobody expected the Arizona Diamondbacks to be leading the NL West by four games. I did think they were going to be good. I did not think that they were going to have a shot at all at winning that division. I'm pretty uh, sure is my prediction from before the season started, which I still, you know, I'm I'm glad I said that because nobody with a normal brain would have thought that they could win that division. No, I, I nobody think expected I've, the Padres to be in fourth place. 
I think I felt about the same way as you did about uh, Arizona, and a lot of people felt the same way about uh, the Baltimore Orioles. Gunnar Henderson's heating up for them. He's he just back his first the, Grand Slam. Yeah, he's yeah. back in the leadoff spot. He's hit their three games in a row. He's homered in multiple of those games. Yeah. Uh, he just hit a Grand Slam tonight. Speaking of surprising heaters, uh, the Oakland Athletics have won six straight games. Yeah, wait, let's just straight let's go. <laughs> they just beat the Rays last night. For, Major uh, League. Just something. recently swept the Brewers. It was the Brewers. Okay, yeah. And then they took the first game from Tampa Bay last night. Yes, they did. Which made me, I think we can all agree. I think we're that's all happy wonderful. with that. Yeah. That's all, that's amazing. <laughs> that's so nice. Man, God, this lose. is so bad. No. It doesn't happen Yankee enough. fans and Red Sox fans just like finding common, common ground. ground over their hatred for the Rays. Okay, What's like, going to be on? Fair, small market team. That <laughs> How just, much do you hate the Blue Jays? I feel nothing towards oh, the Blue Jays. Oh, see, that's interesting because I hate the Blue Jays. Really? I think you do too, Nolan. Is that fair to say? I'm not a fan. Yeah. I think we've had... Um, it's funny because I actually... The Red Sox have not... Them. They, you guys have not pissed me off in so long at this point, like from a doing damage to each other standpoint. Like we have not seen each other in a playoff series since... The rivalry uh, hasn't been a strong... 2021, the, 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 well, wild the wild card, card game. game. But like that, that I, I season, I had count. no hope. Me neither. So like that doesn't count for me. That didn't do anything for me. It how you feel right me. now yeah, sure. about the 2023 <laughs> Red Sox just yeah. being in mid-mode is how I was all year for the 2021 Yankees. Pretty, okay, so cool. yeah. that game just didn't surprise me at all. Instead, like, I almost I, won it by himself. Do you remember that? Yeah. That was crazy. 2018 unlucky. was great. 2018, you guys were a force. Yeah. So that was... Can't, but the games, they were they were there was a lot of spots to them yeah. Red Sox Yankees but also right? you guys completely cleared really... the roster out since then so like, yeah. it's, you know, it's if you guys kept everybody maybe you know we would be able to have a bit more juice but it's just everybody is gone it's a completely new team and even then the Yankees don't have a lot of guys who have had experience you know either losing to or beating the Sox in the playoffs so it's you know it's all just very it's it could be on the way Basically, but right now I feel like we're at a reset for the rivalry. For sure, especially with the injuries last week. I think a lot of people were feeling bummed because you had these two nationally televised games. Right. And it's just like, where are the stars? You yeah. know, like yeah, yeah. the Yankees had the IL things and a thin depth, and the Red Sox are just straight up mid and yeah. sold. Trying all to be these the race favorites, so it's <laughs> yeah. like from a marketing perspective, I'm I'm not sure what's going on with the Sox ownership. That yep. Sunday night game was the most unwatchable thing oh, I've seen in awful. quite some time. Yeah, like, I, I thought the whole <laughs> series was unwatchable. It was yeah. pretty terrible. Um, but that that was the first time in a while that I was like actively mad that I spent my time watching a baseball <laughs> we, game. We shut off the TV the second the game ended and both went to bed like without saying a word. Really, once it ended, we were just like, okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We were just like, well, see you tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, brutal. It's, Frustrating. End. Yeah. Um, Volpe's doing the McNeil thing now. Did you see that? He has like the, you know how McNeil has that weird end of the bat where it's like kind of like a, a club. It doesn't have like the knob. It's like smooth. No, I didn't notice that. Yeah, it's uh, underneath his his uh, his bottom hand. It's funny. Well, uh, McNeil's been doing that for years. He chokes up and he has that weird bat. But yeah. Anthony Volpe could stand to learn a couple things from Jeff McNeil, <laughs> Jeff McNeil right yeah. now. Uh, he's hitting 189. He has the lowest on-base percentage in all of baseball at 260. Among qualified hitters. But yes. yes, among qualified hitters. His uh, WRC Plus is at a 68 going into tonight, though he did hit an RBI double, so maybe that'll go up a point or two. Yeah, just um, a bit. It, it hasn't been great. Um, you know, Brody, we talked back in uh, back in April, like after those first couple weeks when when 
a few people started to get a little bit upset about Volpe's performance. And then what was primarily happening was there was a um, reaction to an argument that wasn't really being made. Right, right, right. A lot of people were arguing nothing with no one. Yeah. (laughs) So many people were like, what do you mean people want to send Anthony Volpe down? And nobody really wanted to send Anthony Volpe down at the time. But now it might be time to send Anthony Volpe down. I say as the Mets botch a play they just Luis Castillo that's hustle to be fair here's the thing with Volpe that's been very frustrating over the last couple days that I've noticed is that while there has been a lot more chatter about sending him down in the last week I feel like I've seen so many balls that he's hit that are like 105 110 off the bat or something and then tonight so far in this Mets game he's had a couple either squeak by or actual nice base hits and he had big RBI double earlier in the game. It's like, I feel like part of it is bad luck, which is why I think the Yankees are so like standing pat that we're not going to move them. Um, but it still just, I hate, I hate to say this so much, but it feels like he's about to turn the corner. And that's <laughs> like, it, it is what it is. And I, you know, I'm willing to give him more time, but um, right now I think, a similar thing that's going on with the Yankees and the Sox that we can all agree on is having a weird mishmash of young and old talent, weird contracts. Although the Sox have cleared out a lot of money over the last couple of years. Um, but you guys have a couple top prospects that you're kind of holding out on, like Marcelo Meyer. He's like in double A right now. He's probably about a year or two away. Um, like, yeah, you know, we've had Dominguez forever that, and it feels like Mayer's, is it Mayer's? Mayer, right? Mayer. It's not yeah. Mayer. Mayer has been kind of like the, your guys Dominguez for a while, but you also have, who is it? Duran, Casas, like all these young guys too, who are just kind of, you know, showing up and have expectations that are not, you know. Right. Really Duran's year last year was pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, he kind of had the infamous inside the park grand slam against right. the Blue Jays where yeah. he didn't hustle for the ball. Um, so he wasn't in the fans' good graces. But, you know, to his credit, he, you know, worked out, kind of did his own thing this offseason. It was just trying to have fun this year. Right. And right, so right. he got off to a hard, uh, hot start when he got called up in May. Um, but his definitely come back down to earth i think i texted you nolan because we both had him i think for a bit in separate leagues in fantasy oh sure and yeah. i was just like i'm enjoying this like 450 bit right yeah. now you know <laughs> oh, like no. yeah it's like oh that that's definitely gonna come down but yeah. so that's cool and you know uh i think cassis is in the same position right now as as volpe is you know off to a little bit of a slow start then you know because fans you know you want these players to be good right 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 and you know, you've been hearing the name for so long. Right. Like by the time they finally, you know, get to be seen, it's like you just can't help but just like, please, just be good. Like, right? Exactly. You want to root for them yeah. too. And like yeah, something yeah. else that I feel like I've kind of felt is like as I've heard and learned more about a guy who like hasn't even debuted, and I feel like this is just like a kind of human thing yeah. Yeah, is yeah. that you develop like a sense of connection to that player right. like whether you're you want to call develop, that like right. a parasocial relationship or whatever I'll call it a parasocial relationship that's a parasocial relationship yeah, Nolan. that's sure. what that is okay. <laughs> so then like if that player gets called up and then starts to struggle like you'll see a lot of fans who don't really know who they are and like right. weren't following them through all of their 
success and through all their hype and then they just see them once they get right. there and they start to struggle and then they're like, like this hey, guy's a bum nah. and then you want to defend that yes. guy because yeah, yeah. that's been your guy for a while right and i feel like you know we've certainly felt that way about anthony volpe uh tony i bet you felt that way for a while about casas i do yeah. think that they're in very comparable situations i still do you know i had a friend text me last night saying that he was hashtag done with casas <laughs> and i said i said listen wow, man, man like give it time you know i was he i was, was 23 him. years old he's 23 i was equating him a little bit to schwarber like not expecting a high average just uh over 800 ops 30 to 40 home runs like it's gonna take time um and so i said hashtag the cassis promise that (laughs) you know he is going to uh come through for us uh in his time here it's just gonna take some time and it's hard in boston especially when you uh saw the successful development of a lot of homegrown players including some might say one of the best developed players since babe ruth uh, (laughs) or ted williams or something like that and then they just traded him away so you're saying you don't love alex verdugo what are you talking about yeah (laughs) i love i love verdugo but you know it it adds we're talking about rookie bets by the way for those who are not aware but yeah not much of a jeter downs guy (laughs) not much of a jeter's down guy no 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 um, but yeah, so, and that adds even more pressure onto the system. But, right. you know, I do like where it's going. The Red Sox are still mid. I, I, you know, don't really know how I feel about Bloom. There's some moves that I like. There's some that I don't. Um, I'm hearing things about stuff in the locker room, if it's together or not. I don't know. Are but, they playing Fortnite again? <laughs> uh, yeah, probably, but I don't know. It's just, I, it's just all very, it's all very mid right, right. now. Is how I'm right. feeling. But uh, you know, Fangraphs uh, came out with their system report yesterday for the Sox, right? Um, and it was really optimistic. You know, saying a top ten farm system, but of course the problem is, uh, no one is anywhere close to you know being ready to contribute sure. right. uh, at a high level sure. at the big league level. So that's just the frustration for all of Sox fans, um, especially you know ones who want to win and compete for a World Series every right. single year. And the Henry ownership is you know uh, extremely confusing. Uh, I mean, they have won four World Series. Uh, <laughs> God. versus zero in 86 years um, before uh, that. So, I want to um, win. I want to win. I know. All right. <laughs> so it's just, oh so, there's, so there's the frustrations there. Yeah. Um, the, you know, the Henry Keep family. <laughs> I want to win, man. Wait, can I ask you guys yeah. a question real yeah. quick? Yes. Like, what year were you born in, both of you? 98. 98, yeah. So, yeah, so it, you we're only have is 2009. Yeah. That's it. That yeah. one World Series. That's um, amazing. Yeah. These are the kind of Yankee fans I like. You know? See, we have nothing on you. Like, you guys have... It, it's so frustrating because I the last time that we beat you guys in the playoffs, we were five. Like, that mattered. Like, right. that really, like, anything, like, came of it. That's um, messed up. Man. And, of course, Aaron Boone being, like... I, that's, like, one of my earliest memories, let alone sports memories, is Boone's Homer. Like, I remember watching it with my family. You know, still, it's just all very like hazy unlike the early crazy good you know 2000s yankees so we feel like we've kind of missed out on the mystique that is the yankees for a lot of our lives and we got you know jeter for a very long time and we're lucky to have seen so much of them but it's you know still just like they are not anything close to that just like you know pound you into the dirt 90s yankees that you know we grew up hearing about so much so it's frustrating you know and like when they are so close year after year and they spend so much money and they are so agonizingly close to getting to at least just getting to the world series in the last 
you know close to a decade at this point really since 2015 is when this kind of era started i'd say right you know it's just it gets very very frustrating and you know there has been no changes in leadership or anything so that's kind of why yankee fans are so pissed all the time Um, i have like yeah so many things to respond to to that i'm gonna see if i can get all of them okay um i think we are a very specific era of yankee fan at this point um and personally i did not come from a baseball family you know i developed my own interest in the game around the time i was like five or six right so i am actually lucky enough to remember that the 04 alcs happened (laughs) but not to have had any real emotional connection to it like i'm I'm not even sure that i watched the game it was traumatic for my brother he's three years older than us i don't remember it that well yeah so like that's like at, at, at least we were spared that um you know i remember like i the first like full season that i remember experiencing like i think they had a season of like tony womack at second base i remember and then they womack. got robinson cano the yep. year after and then they had him you know for years and years that's like oh four oh five i think but yeah um, but also i was gonna say yeah so i have of course have no no memory of the aaron boone home run i don't think i even knew what the yankees were when right. that happened sure um and what was my other point? I was going to say, I feel like this is a, right now what we're experiencing is a Boston Red Sox team that is just totally unlike anything we've seen for at least like the last decade plus. Because like something yeah. that that I, I always envied kind of about their, their 2010s, which is why that decade is going to be remembered so so fondly in the, the memory of Red Sox fans, um, is that... Well, multiple World Series for one. Yeah, but. <laughs> no, ex- exactly. But yeah. in in the years that they didn't win those those championships, they were actively bad for yes. a lot of them. Yeah, they would like, go back and forth between being in first and last. In the exactly, division. that's yeah. the reason that they have Marcelo Mayer right now right. is because the year after, I, th- I think it was the year after they won two years after two years the after. COVID yeah, season, sorry, which gotcha. thank God right. that was only sixty games. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. I'm so glad that wasn't. Oh yeah, that, that was actually kind of genius because they were just like, we're gonna suck in the short and. Should, get a we should have done pick, that. And now they got I their, can't believe we didn't do that. Exactly. No, that's exactly what I'm saying. Uh, the Yankees in the the uh, 2010s could never commit to anything like that. Yeah, they would they still always. Don't. They never do. No, they, they never they will. still couldn't do that. And I thankfully don't think that they will have to for quite a while. Now, I do think yeah. they have a good future of the team. Right. Everyone wants to be the Dodgers and they just find a way to an, win and churn out top prospects. But like, yeah, um, but what I was thinking really about hard. the Red Sox is that right now I feel like they're kind of in that state of mid that you just never saw in the 2010s. It, right. it was always one extreme they were or, bad or the other, or where they're yeah. either like tanking. Well, not tanking. I guess that's a little that's a little harsh. But they're that either losing. they were they're either losing losing games yeah. to net capital or they were dominating. Right. Um, they're currently 33 and 34, yeah. which I feel like I don't remember the last time they were just a 500 team, which that right. would, that 500 would probably, in the last 500 games. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> right. Which that would probably get them like the 12th pick, maybe like the 13th. Yeah. So like, you know, I, I mean, this year's draft is incredibly loaded. There are five number one picks, right? But you're probably not going to see that too often. Like this, this is a kind of a special class because a bunch of the COVID kids, like 
deferred right. and went to college and now you see like ultra beasts like Dylan Cruz. I'm I was so going to say college baseball is nuts right now. I'm so excited to watch that. Tony, are you, you going to watch also, any of that college? McNeil is up right now. If you want to take a look at McNeil's bat, you'll see what I mean. Oh, he, has that, yeah. he chokes up. He, he chokes has that weird clubby type thing. Do you thoughts, on, thoughts on all that? <laughs> college World Series? Yeah. yeah. Or anything about college baseball at all? Oh, you know, I don't watch a lot of it, to be honest. I've never have really Same. either. I've like, yeah, no, <laughs> I hear it's electric. I'm going to start watch. watching it this Need year because like, yeah. I've, I've followed the prospects like for a couple of years. Like, like there were definitely like a, a bunch of the guys who were drafted this past year. Like I would follow them, but I, I really want to like immerse myself this further year, especially this year. Like I mean, I'm already starting to read more like lists of draft prospects and like mock drafts. And I want to get myself more excited for that because like this LSU team is crazy. That's the only thing I know between yeah. Dylan Cruz and Paul Skeens is insane nuts. Yeah. Um, Did you see the pitcher who had a complete game with 160 pitches or something like that the other yeah, day? Yeah, there's been a lot of discussion about the responsibility of that and they whether that was pitch morally pitch dubious cap. yeah um i i think they do like i think that's just not right know, these kids are so young yeah i think you can't let a kid do that because like it, it certainly wasn't a case of like he wanted to come out of the game and the hooders like no you're gonna go like this is a kid who like he, he like made himself stay in like yeah. even when they were up five and like the bottom of the you last need to, inning. As a coach, the know coach that you know better. Yeah. Like, you know, these are kids. Like, if it's like in their 20s, early 20s, they think they're invincible. Mm -hmm. If it's like a three to two game and like this is probably isn't a kid who's going to go pro and like he really wants to stay in the game, like maybe I could understand it like in a very, very specific scenario. But no, 250. Just especially given that situation where. Like that, they, they had to have had a pitcher who could come in and get three outs with a five. They must. Like, they must. Like at that point, you have to tell somebody who wants to stay in the game with like what? What do you think he had? One hundred and thirty-eight pitches at We're that point. We're taking you out. Something that you got to say. You did a great job done. tonight. We are sitting you down. You probably thank yeah. you. You shouldn't even have, have pitched him in the eighth inning. Like yeah. I wouldn't have. We can certainly sit here and say we would never do that. Like we're not. We're not coaches. I. I feel like that at a certain point. There's a moral responsibility it's, there. It's not right to do to And a I kid think like it was that. probably yeah. after like the seventh inning. Yeah. Old um, Haas Radborn would beg to differ. <laughs> old Haas. <laughs> old Haas would have been like 150. That's so true. Kid Nichols. Do you guys know Kid Nichols? One I've of the great the starters in his Hall of Fame acceptance speech. He's like, I'm proud that not once in my career I was replaced by a relief pitcher. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, it was in his Hall of Fame oh speech. Oh my yeah, yeah, yeah. Lord. I think People so. are That's insane. Yeah. This is so actually, okay, so. My girlfriend's family is very close with a pitcher who is in the Hall of Fame. And he pitched in the 70s, and he has uh, 267 complete games in his career. Unreal. 267 complete games. That's a lot. 49 shutouts. That's a ton. He cannot lift his shoulder. Uh, he can't lift his arm above halfway anymore. Brody, and you're being so specific like, with these stats. I, I know you could His go. His name find rhymes it. with Schmergy Schmenkins. All right, fine. It's, <laughs> so anyway, it's so yes, Fergie Jenkins, who's in, who's a Cub in the uh, '70s and '80s. Yeah, it, he literally can't lift his arm over his shoulder, and so he we went to his. He, he got a statue last year in Chicago, um, outside the Wrigley, and he had he was throwing at the first pitch. 
quote unquote, and he had his like one year old daughter come out and like place it in a glove because he didn't want to go out and show all the Cubs fans that he cannot any longer throw a baseball. Oh. So it's like it's I, so it's sad. it's brutal. I mean, like they just destroyed their arm. Like you know, nobody knew what it would do to them later on, and they just you know. Oh, even the Dave Steve, like the Dave Steve video, his sure. arm fell off. It's like yeah, I mean, there's you know. there's been so much medical advancement and just like furtherment of knowledge about what abuse is to a pitcher's arm yeah. and like how not to tank somebody's career. Yeah. Trends that uh, will lead a guy more often than not to not just Tommy John surgery, but like repeat injuries that will derail his career so right. like, you saw quite a few cases like that in like the 90s and 2000s and right. stuff so it makes me worried about skeins and like you know it, it, he reminds me a bit of steven strasberg as awful as that is to say people were mad when they, you know, they threw skeins for 124 pitches the other night but he was also on a full week of rest so i guess that like, is a lot but that's also i don't I mean, know enough about he'd probably hit that either. once or twice in the majors yeah. like in a year like that's I could if not it. more you know like that's you know it's good to know that you can do that. Maybe. But I don't know. You know. I mean, I feel like the only guy that I remember seeing consistently putting up that, that many pitches 20. is 2021 Shane Bieber. Right. And he's even <laughs> in those years since well, then, his like strikeout rate has gone from like 35% yep. to like 17%. Look at Jacob DeGrom. He used to pitch eight innings because they had nobody else and he would you know keep teams to... You know, no runs the whole game, and then now look at him. He's on his second Tommy John in like three years. It's no, yeah. this first one was or like ten, ten years ago. Was it? I thought. Yeah, his first one. What was did he go out with? Long, long time ago. He's just had a bunch of like different like. Do you have a shoulder? Whatever. Probably. Yeah. You it know. is his second Tommy John though. Bad, bad injuries. Yeah. Point being that have messed up his arm. So it's like you know, I don't know. It's sad. And then it, meanwhile, you have a team like the Red Sox with uh, and the Mets with ancient pitchers who are doing it somehow. So <laughs> I guess it can be done. But before we do that, Tony, I did have one last Red Sox oh, yeah. Yankees question for you. What, away. Do you hate us right now, or is it just like we're not the problem? Yeah. No. I mean, we. There's not really a whole lot of like it's like who's your daddy? We're the yeah. Yankees daddy, you know? Right, right. At least Devers is to Cole. My Devers, God. Devers yeah, owns Cole. Yeah. And Cole's handling it well. Because yes. I mean no one's doubting Cole's prowess right. ever. It's yeah. just like, right. you know, no, two great he just people. Cannot get him out. Yeah. Although he has done a little bit better against him like recently, but in the start he gave up a homer like the other night he did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, start of twenty twenty two he got like destroyed like five games in a row by yeah. him. Yeah, but it for sure, like um, you know, Red Sox Yankees, when they're both good you know um you know between the lines when they play each other you know you're always like you know motherfucking those teams and right, stuff yeah, like right, that right. like you know but um as i've gotten older too maybe as well right. it's changed my pers- perspective on things in the rivalry you know how old were you now for I was 12, so okay. I was in sixth grade. Right, right, right. Um, so yeah. you remember it well. <laughs> I remember it super well. And okay. I think, I'm going to be honest, like 86 years, no, I did not go through it like my dad or grandparents did. Sure. Uh, but, you know, you feel the weight of that. And I'm sure Cubs fans, younger oh, yeah. Cub fans in 2016 could probably attest to the same. Right, right. So you really felt it. And um, so that was kind of huge for yeah, me. That's huge very cool. baseball memory. Absolutely. It's, it's, I, you know, I'm jealous that you got to have that kind of, 
you know, I, that's a very big deal. It's like, yeah. it's really, that's a unifying thing for a fan base, especially, you know, that's yeah. really cool. What would be the Yankee equivalent, like winning five or six in a row? Pretty much, I think at this point. Like that's what it would have to be for yeah. Yankee fans to feel something. No, I, I would be so happy with one. If Judge gets a ring, I'm going to be losing my mind. I mean, this is like, this era has to turn into something. Otherwise it is just the biggest disappointment like in sports history honestly it, like judges like you know he he's having that kind of career at this point as a yankee where it's like he, he's definitely he's in the conversation guy. of like being one of the all-time most talented yankees maybe not best career because he hasn't done it for long enough or whatever and he came up late but like it's you know he has that talent to be that type of player and if they just he's a captain you know it's like we don't want him to be the next Don Mattingly. we want him to get a ring we want sure. him, you know it's like it's um, just it's been frustrating but yeah I think I'm having a tough time distinguishing what this era is and sort of like what if there are like sort of subsections of like the judge era and like what that really means because I think for a while like a lot of Yankees fans thought that it would be like 2019 would be the start of a different era. Yeah, we definitely did. And that was pretty naive. (laughs) Yes. Um, 2019 and the years moving forward were kind of the start of a new era but also largely the extension of the the years before right um and i still kind of feel that way like i think that that this team is quite a bit different than the team from like 2021 it is but it's not but but it's the same that's the same era the same it's the same era the same problems plague this team right which is why they can't stay on the field the vibe is similar Um, a lot of hitters are like producing not quite as well as they should so it's it's just been tough like patchwork roster like yeah you know. exactly like yeah. in 2019 like i always think like talkman is like the best example i can give for a guy who just showed up out of nowhere yeah. and was like serviceable enough on a team that went to the alcs and was like right. world series favorites for a while we turned him into wandy peralta yeah that exactly. goes to just show you wandy yeah. has been great like that's what we got for mike talkman like and that's know, what yeah. becomes so endlessly frustrating is that like they're able to pull off these like schemes and like little moves <laughs> like that that are like so genius yeah, right but then the guys that they commit money to don't produce Stanton, Rizzo, DJ, and then they like Hicks, for a while they were Glaber. like stacking right-handed power hitters right luke void yeah luke void especially and um it's just like it it always felt like they were so good at the little things but so incompetent at the big things and i still feel that way yeah well i don't know about montas yet i mean that's just a guy who got hurt but no, but he was hurt, but when we got like, him, like they, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's about. true. They, like, they, they've made quite a few terrible Josh trades Donaldson. over the past few years. The yeah. trade with the twins. The twins. That's going to go down trade, in history. I think I said the trade with <laughs> the twade. The trade with the, the Rangers. With the um, yeah, I mean, they've they made a lot of and bad moves. Gallo. And the A's, yeah. It's been They're a really like, productive therapy session. This, <laughs> I'm enjoying it. I feel like we have not had this conversation. We have not like debriefed as much no, as we should have recently. Actually, yeah, yeah. I you know. needed the enemy to <laughs> yeah, come to honestly. like bring it out of you. It's yes, true. yes. It's let true. the hate <laughs> roll through you. Yeah. Oh, oh, we're man. trying to tell you why we don't hate you right now. That's what's going on. <laughs> yeah, I guess the law 
long the long story short is like we hate teams, us more <laughs> yeah like both teams just have enough going on at home yeah. to worry about each other it's like i was mad the other night when they lost to the red sox but like it, it, i was mad because the yankees lost, lost not because the red sox won like, right. i don't really give a shit about that right now right 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 um that was a game in series like they probably should have swept that series i feel comfortable absolutely saying absolutely they should and they lost two out of three we were really excited to have you on the podcast today because you are a guy that fits like our exact niche of this podcast yeah. as a guy who is a total like baseball nerd and also like a cinephile. Yeah. That's so cool. That's exactly what we do here. Like fan yeah. of the pod. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fan know? of the pod. Absolutely. Um, I'm still very new, I think, to the like New York rep cinema scene. And I always see you on like Instagram. Like you're you're everywhere. Like you're at a movie every day. And I respect that so much. And I just wanted to know a little bit more about like how that came to be and like how you came to fall in love with cinema and with the game of baseball. Um, if there's maybe like a specific moment that was for you or whether it was like a gradual process Moments for I mean, each or if they were connected yeah at like all. how where do you come from <laughs> yeah. where are you going yeah i mean I, I grew up on the north shore of massachusetts and you know as far as movies go um I, I don't know i grew up in uh doing theater my sister always wanted to be an actress so i was kind of around yeah. theater uh and movies and you know i didn't really have a lot of access to um cinema um from around the world uh, and repertory cinema growing up. Um, I think uh, regionally, you know, I think a lot of uh, movie theaters or a lot of independent movie theaters do a great job with rep programming, but um, especially nowadays, but back then, um, not so much. Um, so I, you know, I just grew up going to all the sequel movies in the summer blockbusters of the 2000s, you know, like Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Sure. Great you know, movies. and it's just kind of one. like... Love those movies. Yeah. And, and in the summer, you know, you just... Uh, there would be new blockbuster every summer, so I would just go with my friend. We like started made a list, um, and so you know you kind of see all those movies, um, and then I found out my local library rented movies uh, for free. So then I started to expand more, started following awards, awards to film festivals, and then I went to college and there was an art house cinema. So then like all of a sudden like the world. Uh, just open more to me right. and that's kind of always been my thing like half the time I don't even know what movie I'm going to see sure. um, or what it's about but the more I've been able to watch has definitely affected like where I've lived and they've always kind of been at the movies so um, yeah so then like you know the art house cinema in my college and then what I watched in college and then obviously moving to New York City just kind of like blew everything uh, out the out of the water and sure. just you know started going to all the repertory cinemas and stuff like that around the city and yeah. getting to know the movie going scene because I, I prefer a theater to home it's just so easy to pause oh yeah and takes you out of it a little takes bit takes you out yeah. of it especially if you're watching something that's a little hard to take you know you have an out mm -hmm. right. but in right, a movie right. theater I mean yeah you can walk out and I've done that every like rarely but i've done it a few times but you know you're you're in there like i saw the restoration a few years ago of come and see you know like 4k oh, like man. at film form and it's just like packed and like you That's know cool. you're in there yeah. it's dark like did you, have, you a have to smoke experience a it no i did not <laughs> no but you know uh so that's just kind of why I've always supported, you know, being with people. And it's actually, someone was asking me, I always, 
uh, dump on television and people sure, are like why same. don't you like that and uh i was like you know because i think it's it, i mean what i'm saying isn't true it's just my opinion and everybody loves television and i am like full in the minority supporting cinema but i'm uh, a big person uh who loves communal activities with an audience member so sure. live theater yeah. going to the movies right because you you do go to the movies even though you can't watch at home and tv uh and i watch sports and i watch baseball and you even though it's more solitary with baseball you see the crowd like at the game so right. the crowd is like being projected towards you at all times right and uh, but a TV is more solitary because you watch it on your own. You could watch it with friends and then you kind of catch up on about it afterwards. Right. But it's still like this more solitary thing. And I, I mean, I can't just be with characters for that long. It's just right. way too much to ask. Sure, you know? gotcha. Absolutely. So, but yeah, that's just kind of like my movie journey. And, you know, I'm always open to seeing anything and everything. Um, I and love just that. expanding my horizons. I'm that, curious. Have you seen uh, "You Hurt My Feelings"? The new uh, Nicole Hall of Center movie. I sure did. What do yeah. you think of it? You know, I liked it. You really? know, I it was. Um, you know, it's fine. Um, yeah, that's and, exactly right. Know, but, but I liked it. I like her. I really like her movies. Uh, I was reading a lot about, she's uh, featured in this uh, book called Hope for Film by Ted Hope, who was a big uh, producer in the 90s, and he was the first uh, studio head of Amazon Studios and kind of like gave that studio prestige in like the mid sure. wow. uh, 2015 16s um he's a really cool guy and so he's a big champion of her work and i've always liked her work um because of that and i actually saw it because a friend of mine who i go to the movies with a uh, bunch we just coincidentally our schedules lined up and we were both seeing a uh, day of wrath by dryer um at anthology nice. film archives and that was on a saturday night and then sunday night we were seeing dogville lars von trier mm. and those are very intense movies so both of us were like we need to see like a palate cleanser yeah. or just like oh you know it's a good choice just like a different it, yeah. change of pace right. before we perfect. see yeah. and she's perfect for that yeah. so like we both we went to different cinemas but we both like uh you know, got up at 11 a.m. and like went to our local cinema oh, with nice. 11 a.m. screening, and then we saw Dogville much later, right? And, and, and felt felt ready to go. Very nice. Um, I was curious because I actually I worked on that movie. That was the first movie that I ever worked on. Oh, amazing! Like, I, I was a, a set dresser for that, and I was. Oh, what um, was that like? It was really cool. Um, yeah, so that she, was, she sounds like, awesome to work with too. She, I, I didn't get to like work with her directly at all, but just her set, like this, everything was so. Like, everyone was really nice. I don't know if that was from just the crew or whatever, but just it was such a good vibe like on that movie like in the uh in you know I, I worked a lot in the apartment like in their apartment oh great um, and then i worked a bit in the uh, like her all like her classroom a bit um like that set and it was just you know everything was it was fun i, I told the story last week about there being like one night where i was just kind of frustrated about like our timing of like how i was waiting around for a few hours and then i ended up working from seven at night until two thirty in the morning or Ooh. something um, and I got called in that day at, like noon. So it was like, but oh, that was man. the only, and that was that had nothing to do with her. But um, it was just all very, you know, it was first of all a really cool experience, and that being the first movie that I worked on, being able to go see it and be like, hey, I, you know, like I was saying last week, like being able to say like I was in this space and I like I put those lamps there, I built those curtains or whatever. 
um it was like a really cool experience so that was i'm i was just curious if you liked it because that was uh, hell yeah know, not only fun. that i've yeah. been recommending it to friends no you know oh, i'm glad yeah. you know it's interesting to the movies like i'm posting like almost every single movie that i'm seeing and where sure um and it you know it's funny the ones that people respond to right um, right and uh everybody but, likes a nice but, easy comedy yeah you know, for but, sure yeah. but like you know yeah. it's like everybody's more active like you know uh don't get a lot of responses when i'm going to see dryer sometimes right. but like uh you know people freak out when i go see blade runner or something right. like that <laughs> right, you know right, of course. so it's cool but then you know th- she her movie stirred up a lot of interest from from a lot of my friends and so i was like go see it go go right. go right, so right. i'm always trying to get people to go to the movies you know nice. so yeah, yeah just like yeah go go that's awesome this, this is a really good one to go see for sure yeah especially since we don't really make those kinds of movies anymore either. that's what we were oh, saying last week God. exactly it felt so fresh <laughs> like, as so just you really like, got to go out and know. do the work and, yeah. su- and support it yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah. that people can make more. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. And that's what we were saying. There was a studio comedy trailer for it when we both saw we saw it separately, but there the, was like Jennifer the Lawrence same movie, Lawrence uh, No Hard Feelings. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's like, oh, I feel like I haven't seen this kind of movie exactly. in like five years. And I know <laughs> exactly. it's a pandemic, but like with the Even these more than that is IPs, the Marvel it's stuff like, yeah. Just the, yeah. The, the rehashing of everything and like Barbie or whatever, you know, just like all these, like it's very old hat like, now it, it seems feels to like me it's like to get more creative like um that Greta Gerwig Barbie movie is gonna be like I'm excited for that movie like I, I think that it's gonna be well done but I also think that it's going to like usher in and it already has like they're already doing it but <laughs> they're already movies. yeah like there's gonna be a movie about every toy made in the next like well, decade well dude Transformers they're already going the well, Mario yeah movie. but it, it's gonna be more <laughs> like, intense like, they, like the Lego movie they just put out the movie about this is, Flaming this is, Hot Cheetos well, and it's no, like anti-communist propaganda that's, that's right because we have Blackberry we we have flaming hot cheetos we have air mm-hmm. and right. then we have the tetris movie right. oh the, no, the tetris sh- is that a movie now too there's a tetris movie on movie, yeah. the that's a show on apple tv that's they're making nuts. it a movie too it's an apple tv movie is it a show or a movie movie it's a series. series okay yeah. all right fair enough i i never clicked on it <laughs> you don't even know now is it a movie is it a mini series is it a show i don't know like that's screaming now don't know but either so that's like but that's what i'm saying though like barbie is not ushering anything in it's a it's a continuation of the same fucking issue you know it's nothing new it's part of the same issue Um, same problem although the lego movie was good (laughs) yeah but you know i was just gonna say um blackberry i blackberry was i would defend like i I think that that is a little bit different i think it's like the social network oh i was just talking about a thematic oh no of course uh, course. thread between these four kind of like corporate yes making that story behind I can't wait for the Monopoly and movie. You're That's absolutely correct. <laughs> Milton I think Bradley's already on it. <laughs> I think it's an important distinction to to make. Or, uh, apparently, it has to be an important distinction to make if they're going to make so many of these fucking movies. That um, it's especially lame to make a movie about how a product is really cool and yeah. how you should go buy it. Like blackberry it was like here's what these idiots did right. wrong, and here was this like. It's Wacko a real story. It's like with yeah, this, yeah. these like nerdy like that movie was great. Star- yeah, no, it was, it was a great really time. Good. We we actually talked about Blackberry and you hurt my feelings on yeah. two past episodes. So if you didn't mm-hmm. hear those, everybody go go, go check them out. Go yeah. check, those out. <laughs> check them out. Listen to the pod that, yes. and Fool's Paradise, which also same episode as Blackberry, which mm-hmm. that was a sunny type episode, which we could talk about. In those a bit, were the past but, few episodes. Yeah, um, but yes, yeah, so those are the last most recent episodes. But yeah, it's uh, like I, I I will say when I went to go see you hurt my feelings, I. Did did take note 
because I'd seen a few movies like in the last like I, I went to like three movies in a week and a half or something like that, which is more than I usually do. And the first two times it was Blackberry and um, I think it was Fool's Paradise. Um, oh, and the Yogi, Yogi movie, the, the Yogi, Yogi movie. movie. The theater had been empty for like the Yogi movie um, for Fool's Paradise. Like the the theater, not like our theater. I'm saying like the whole building like was empty. And this is the like the the Regal at Essex. Like it's you know massive theater. Oh wow! Then we went to go see Hurt My Feelings on like a what like a Thursday or something. I don't remember, but it was packed. It was like the theater, the building was packed, and it was Spider-Man. like it was it was definitely part of Spider Man's crowd. But our theater for you hurt my feelings was also packed, so like it was you know it could have just been that there were just a lot of people going out that night. It wasn't a nice day, so maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. It, like, I had a very good feeling though being in there and seeing like you know the concessions were full and like there's something about a movie theater that's just very um, you know like quaint it's like a, when it's packed it's yeah. nice like yeah. it's an uh, immersive experience yes. whether that is yeah, yeah. a grand experience or just something very intimate and small right um, i would love to think that all of those people turned out for the cole hall of center they yeah. uh, it was almost <laughs> sold out like our our room was definitely like it, they they did good oh, <laughs> like, the AMC is such is a big crowd yeah the hall of heads yeah there was a um, girl next to us like bryce and i were sitting and there was like one seat filled next to us and we were picking our seats and we we're like that's interesting um because it was like the whole row had been empty when we were picking our seats and they filled in eventually um but this woman had just come in by herself like to just go like we noticed like afterwards she got up and left by herself and like she'd been sitting by herself in the movie i was like that's awesome good for you yeah. lady like, i love i love people man. who do that like you'll yeah. you'll find that a lot like if you go to theaters you'll just find those like stragglers yeah. like the yeah old the yogi people movie. usually who the yogi movie? just go to anything old like, men by themselves oh, it was yeah. awesome there were like, see six different ones i like to think they all go went and got a drink and met each other afterwards <laughs> <laughs> i hope they all saw yogi play too man i bet oh. some of them did i yeah. saw it at cinema one two three up on the upper east side yeah um and there were a lot of old folks there yeah but like i couldn't tell i mean he played such a long time ago i was like 50 60s these people see him play were they kids when he played or you know was it their their dad you know but it was it was a good time remember there was i never said that (laughs) there's that video of him hitting uh a homer in ebbets field that it landed on um i think it was it must have been flatbush avenue or something but ebbets field was around the corner from here like literally like here like it's like very close by so like when we were watching that i was like that building's a cvs now i just went there the other day i was like of course it's a cvs so oh it's i'm a sure CVS. there's a plaque but too there is it's there the, there's an apartment building there now called the ebbets field like homes or something but it's like it, it's literally like right down the road oh um, awesome which you know it's it, like still it's cool being that close to history and like every time i i see that building i'm like man Imagine if the Dodgers never left or what. Like, first of all, this place would be ex- insanely expensive to live in. Yeah. But it would just be really cool to have. Like, it More is cool to have that is. history here. But it would have been cooler if they kept it a museum or whatever. But it is cool to be that close by. <laughs> is all I'm saying. I love it. But yeah. Tony, what was it like seeing Day of Wrath in theater and uh, Dogville as well? Both of those. I'm I'm curious about your response to those oh yeah i mean they're great i i love dreyer i think he's an incredibly adventurous filmmaker even in his uh things like day of wrath and um or debt the word is another one that i've seen um oh god his very subtle way he like pans the camera so cool uh the intro's great 
Uh, I mean, the whole time, though, spoilers, but, like, Dave Raz, like, girl, you need to get out of there. <laughs> like, leave. Seriously. Like, these yeah. dudes are cowards. But then again, you know, it's, it's so the Middle true. Ages. But, so that was cool. Um, Von Trier, you know, <laughs> I have I have an interesting relationship with his movies. I wouldn't say I'm the biggest. Like, I yeah. love Lars Von Trier. Like, a, you know, the trailer for The House that Jack built. I'm like, be I don't need to see this. You, were, like, you know, <laughs> like... Yeah, but like, you know, I mean, people liked, you know, House of Jack Bill, but yeah. I was like, oh, I think I'm going to skip that one. I, I actually liked I that movie it. more than I was expecting to, but like, <laughs> at the same time, like, I'm also kind of suspicious of anyone who's like super into Lars von Trier. <laughs> like, yeah. he's definitely not a guy I'd ever want to like hang out with. Like, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> a fan any? of uh, what? Antichrist at all, but. Um, uh, how many auteurs would you be like, they'd be fun? Like, I feel like most of them are kind of uh, neurotic little creeps. <laughs> like, yeah, a lot of yeah. them are, are, are. A lot of them are interesting. Yeah, um, yeah. in a good way. In a good way. But, but Dogville is great. Yeah, well, yeah, fair enough. But, I love yeah. I love Dogville. I had I had no idea about the movie, so I went in completely oh, cold. No one God. told me anything, and I don't know if I want to spoil. But like, I was like, as a theater person, like people know that I love theater and film. Like, I can't believe no one was like you should watch Dogville, like, at some point. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's great. I mean, it just, you know, examines the worst of humanity and is a really pessimistic I love view Dogville. of suman- love humanity. Like and that. I think it's talking about all of humanity, but obviously using America, America. which is can definitely be used as a vehicle Perfect to show lens. the worst yeah. of humanity, for sure. Yeah. Um, so it's a smart choice. Um, and I love when an outsider makes a film about america you know because uh i appreciate the lens too um that a lot of uh you know american filmmakers are kind of incapable of um just an objective point of view that like we cannot or well for sure we can or like like, yeah it it, but it's no it's it it, who knows if the movie gets made um right in america and so I say it doesn't it's hard to get an <laughs> America critical film like out well you know, out and about. yeah for sure but I mean I, do we know the ending have we all seen Dogville I, I have do sp- Brody does I have yeah. okay so we won't talk it. about the ending um, but yeah. I, I would say Dogville is my favorite Von Trier movie I'm, I'm also reading um, Nixon Land right now by uh, Rick Perlstein and I'm just getting to the point where it's like the 1968 like chicago convention and like how the cops like brutally beat all of those protesters right. and, like hippies and whatever and which how- time <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um specifically what got me was that the news anchors um they were like they their initial reporting on that incident was look at what these brutal cops are doing to our children right and what they discovered was that overwhelming sentiment from americans watching tv supported the cops <laughs> and who thought these are not our kids these are like bearded hippies right beat the shit out of them the cops yeah. reacted how i would have so That's america for you reading that book right now has me in the state of mind where dogville is like my favorite movie in the world and it i'm really starting to think maybe it's like I a masterpiece it. i think yeah. it's like ahead um, of its time too but totally. it came out in 2003 so this is like the start of iraq and afghanistan yeah, too right. so oh my right. God. this isn't particularly a spoiler for that movie i think uh, what what i didn't know about it going into it was that it was like shot entirely on like staged right in a directions like, a lot. On, like that, a was the, that was a big spoiler that i was upset that no one oh, you know told yeah. me about yeah i don't really consider that a spoiler just because it's like the whole movie but 
It's like for sure it, a simple Google, which I, I did not, not do. No, exactly. It says yeah. shot in a studio. I'm in the same boat, quote unquote Brechtian mm-hmm. um, setting. Um, it's really cool. It's so cool. I love that movie so much. It's starting to become one of my favorite endings in particular. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, but that's another one. Like, you know, it's it's about three hours long. Mm-hmm. So I could never watch that movie at home. And, and when I go to the movies, that's oftentimes like my first thought. It's like, oh, yeah, like I would totally pause this and, you know, this is too much. Um, but it, it's so much more powerful when you're in the space and watching it and you have nowhere to go right i watched that movie on a laptop during covid so like i would love to see it in a theater like that would it's be playing such a still had nowhere to Ooh. go yeah <laughs> yeah no it's true yeah. do you want me to give you like a rundown of like theaters in new york city absolutely that's, that's what i was totally gonna ask yeah. was like what some of your favorites are and like what you would recommend especially to like newcomers like who aren't really familiar with yeah. the scene and listeners all. in the city too, pay attention yeah for sure i mean um just knowing these names first and mm. then just going on their websites and seeing what's screening um is super helpful so like my my favorite cinema is film forum in on houston street um in the village (laughs) it's incredible they're doing an ozu retrospective right now um followed by a 4k restoration of godard's contempt um and then in july they're doing a retrospective on billy wilder so um, there's a lot of great programming happening and a lot of great movie screening right now um Uh, godard did just last year oh godard for contempt yeah yeah. never mind Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. yes and uh yeah he died last fall oh my god i was thinking of gene wilder (laughs) (laughs) but yeah no um but yeah so so that's there i i I mean i buy a lot of memberships so i'm never paying full price and buying the membership to me is super helpful one it supports these organizations and uh, you get discounts on your ticket so it's like you go it becomes worth your while and you end up saving in the end so film form is one of them uh, Anthology Film Archives is pretty great. It's like a $70, $75 membership. Uh, you get $7 tickets and then uh, well over 100 free screenings a year oh, nice. in their Essential yeah. Cinema series. So the Dryer screening Oof. was a print of Day of Wrath and that was free. Oh my gosh. So And their Essential Cinema is a thousand movies by Jonas Mikas that he declared was Essential Cinema. That's and they cool. have prints and they're yeah. free on uh, repertory all the time. So just check every month. They have a Central cinema going on can you give like a an estimation of like the percentage of the theater that's like full when you go to these kinds of screenings like is it are that like is it packed does or it like depend? does it, like, it depends. It's kinda, yeah. i mean i i always joke with my friend it's like i mean i i'll say the same thing with ozu i think ozu's very popular even for you know the casual film cinephile um you know uh, ozu uh, kurosawa wong kar wai david lynch Stanley Kubrick. I mean, those folks right there are yeah. asses in the seats. Right. And you also like you gotta buy your ticket in advance. That's yeah. what I recommend. Yeah, yeah. Like I last year, last President's Day in February, I was like, okay, there's a noon screening of Seven Samurai because they did a Mufune <laughs> retrospective, Ooh, wow. which is essentially a Kurosawa <laughs> yeah, retrospective right. as well. Sure. And so I was like, Oh yeah, like I'm gonna roll up out of bed, like go to this movie in the morning and like I, I checked the website and it was like completely sold out and I was like, <laughs> yeah. That ruined my day. <laughs> so right, right, you know, right. um you know, depending on the the uh person uh it's you know it depends but a lot of people just come out and like retrospectives so like 
uh, film at Lincoln Center is always huge. Uh, doing one or two June retrospectives of a filmmaker. Cool. Um, yeah. And they're pretty, you know, uh, they get really big turnouts. I mean, they did Wong Kar Wai in the pandemic. It was supposed to be in 2020. And then they eventually got some theatrical screenings. And then IFC Center just took that. I like think that people are like, oh, IFC is doing like a David Lynch retrospective. I'm like, he's playing all the time um, for sure. Uh, and Yodorowsky as well. Um, so, you know, so that's cool. But yeah, so there's Lincoln Center. Does They're doing a Marco Ferrari uh, retrospective. I had no idea who he was. I've never heard uh, of him. I don't I even have, know the I name. I've never yeah, heard of him. He's a, yeah. an Italian filmmaker. His heyday in the Italian. 60s, 70s, and 80s. <laughs> yeah. Uh, prolific output and uh, definitely a member of the cinema of the absurd. Ooh, nice. Um, so very Big much fan an absurd. Of his sports cars, too. Yeah, <laughs> Ferrari, Ferrari. Right, but yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah no, it's, it, it is a little bit confusing. So they're doing that. Um, Dude, he should fight John Ford, and then it'd be Ford versus Ferrari. Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, oh man, I would love that. That was a lame joke, and I didn't like that movie very much. Ford versus Ferrari. I, I didn't see it. it. I'm so glad. I, okay, you didn't see it. That, yeah. That's a that's a statement. But <laughs> like, um, I I don't regret not yeah, seeing it. Not we just, do you know what a great yeah. Formula One movie is? Real s- sidetrack. The mm. first thirty minutes of this movie called Grand Prix. Interesting. It's this opening sequence. It's with Saul Bass, the um, it's Frankenheimer is the director, and Saul Bass, the guy who does opening credits from like movies in the sixties and seventies. Oh sure, uh, it's like super hyper stylized, yeah. animated. They both did uh, this like thirty minute opening sequence of Formula One Monaco Grand Prix, and it is some That's of the cool. most electric cinema. I've ever seen the movies. Wow. Kind of boring after that. But, <laughs> right, the first um, 30, though. That's like a real Man. side sandwich. But yeah, yeah, so Lincoln Center's great. Uh, you know, IFC Center, definitely late night programming. So if you're into that, like, I'm a little old for that. So, but if that's for you, go for it. Um, let's see. So Lincoln Center, IFC Center, Film Forum, Anthology Film Archives. The Roxy has some of the best programming in the city. Mm-hmm. Incredible membership, too, that. I don't think a lot of people sign up for. I don't know. Where is the my friend. Again? It's Sorry. at the Roxy Hotel in Tribeca. Oh, sure. It's in yeah, the basement. Yeah, yeah. And so they own the hotel and they just have a cinema there. Right. Okay. And uh, their membership is $250 for the whole year. Yeah. And you get one free admission to every single screening and oh, a free cool. popcorn. So if you see like 12 movies, Man. then it starts paying for itself. Right, you know? right, right. Um, so, I mean. Yeah, it's only one a month. That's not bad. Right. Yeah. And I saw Dogville at the Roxy. I saw Dog. Dogville, Meet Me in St. Louis. I saw Blade Runner. I mean, just that's a very different, completely (laughs) different movie. So they they have really wide variety of programming and repertory, and they do. They'll show like they did. They had Bo is Afraid. showing after it did its theatrical run so they'll, they'll show that i bet they'll get nicole's movie maybe i wouldn't be surprised if they did That'd after cool. yeah. it like leaves uh the their first run cinemas right, right, um, right. so yeah i can't recommend abel ferrara is basically artist in residence there he just shows up in Paul schrader so uh, cool. to do q and a's all the time <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, that's very exciting wonderful and then of course moma is right, my right, other right, big sure. one is incredible uh they just announced their new can their new uh films that they've selected for their uh archives for preservation gotcha and um, they just have a copy so they have like certified copy brokeback mountain 
They had uh, a they had a Tetris breakers. exhibit at the MoMA recently. I wonder if they're going to do a tie-in. <laughs> I know. I bet they had a screening. You never I know. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Did. And they have yeah. a contender series too. So all the Oscar movies. Yeah. Um, and if you have a membership to MoMA, you get a free ticket anytime you want to the right. screening. So that's cool. Free that's, screenings man, come. I keep on saying that's cool, but that's good stuff <laughs> with the membership. Yeah. No, for man. sure. So you know, I have a museum employee badge. Um, so I don't need the membership right now, but at some point I'm going to splurge for it because I can get tickets in advance. Right. But yeah, Spielberg rolled through for the Fablemans. Like oh, every man. single Oscar winning yeah. director from November to late January, early to mid February, like they're all coming to MoMA once a week or twice a week and they're screening the movie and they're given a Q&A. Right. Man. Wow. That's that's amazing. That's so, so much. <laughs> yeah, I and I got to recommend MoMA too. I mean, that's like that's a sure. museum that everybody knows and goes yeah, to and yeah. they've been screening movies since the 1930s there for wow. for uh museum goers and members and it's just the programming there is incredible. They just did a, a uh, Errol Fleming uh retrospective on Wednesdays and saw a Raoul Walsh boxing film that I really loved uh, called Gentleman Jim about the transition from bare knuckle to uh, whatever <laughs> bo- boxing glove. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, just called that, glove boxing. So cool. It's a, it's a really incredible boxing. film. So yeah, that's so, really that, cool. so that's that. And then uh, you know, for for blockbuster studio stuff, AMC at Lincoln Center is yeah. kind of the place to be for that uh, if you want. Um, you know Times Square, those those right. big ones, but AMC. I like the Essex of Regal. I, the the Regal new one, yeah, Essex. I like yeah. it too. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's fun. It's it's really it's a pretty building, really nice theater. But um, I, not to uh, distract too much. But there's a huge release this week of uh, you know fabled auteur uh, Wes Anderson's Wes Anderson, uh, yeah. uh, Asteroid City is coming out on Thursday night. Are you guys excited? Yeah. I am. Yeah, it's playing at Angelica, and it's playing at the Alamo in. Lower Manhattan. I haven't been there. I uh, need to for go. For the first weekend. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm I think the Alamo following Trump. weekend it expands <laughs> yeah. to more theaters in New York. Gotcha. And then across the country. Yeah. Wes Anderson's a big, like, expand person. Right. You know? Right, right, and growing right. up in Massachusetts, I'm so spoiled in New York City. Like, I'm addicted to this culture. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> oh, it's everywhere. Wes it's Anderson opens accessible. for us, like, yeah. on Friday, you know? Right, but, like, right, in right. Boston, I'd be like, oh, I've got to wait, like, <laughs> Not gonna be four more weeks. Yeah. And then it opens in Boston at this, like, like uh landmark cinema you know right at least for you know some like people in this class of at least like modern directors who are a draw like household names i feel like there hasn't been a release in a, a, a bit so i feel like this is kind of the you know like uh tarantino's movie is coming out again soon and like it's just this is kind of yeah the like know, it's been a bit director yeah. movies don't typically come out like the first half of the year so we're right. gonna we're gonna start seeing those yeah 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 i think this is uh this this looks promising, but um, I think are. we might do a double we double episode this week. Uh, yeah, we, we might, should do it. We might do a yeah. Wes Anderson episode. This uh, cast or is just crazy. His yeah. casts are always they very really star studded. Tom Hanks, Scarlett Johansson, Brian Cat or uh, Cranston, Brian Cashman, Brian Cashman, <laughs> Brian Cashman, <laughs> <laughs> in his film debut. But uh, yeah, Ed Norton, Adrian Brody, all the usual suspects of a uh, of a Wes Anderson. Um, we're, we're oh, I was going to ask uh, Tony. Touch I've, on I've been yeah. kicking myself because I missed the uh, Bela Tarr at uh, film at Lincoln Center. Any chance you were there for that? 
No, and I've never seen a Bellatar movie. Oh, so. shit. Okay. You know, I haven't seen everything, as people say. You know, <laughs> I haven't seen Blade Runner until a few days ago. I have oh, never man. seen Blade Runner, but I've really... I, the other day when the air was shit, I was really kind of wanting to watch 2049, but I haven't seen the original. Right. Like, I don't know if... Hot take, you're not missing much. Really? I don't, I don't really like it. Oh, I've heard it's great. That's what do you think? Like, yeah, I, I would kind of agree with Nolan. Right? <laughs> you know, there are a lot of fans. Yeah, it's a, a very lot of massive are screaming cult right now here. That's following right fair. now, but people love Twenty Forty Nine. That's like that's I like that one a bit more just because yeah. it's more like well, it's modern. It's just but. more like visually appealing, <laughs> right? And less dated at yeah. the very least. But like, yeah. I don't know, just a lot of the original Blade Runner doesn't really do a lot right. for me. And like I don't know, I, it's, it's not like it's not like I'm like a huge <laughs> fan of the new one either. Yeah. But it's 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 better i like that one i, I do know. like ryan gosling which gives me hope by the way for the barbie movie <laughs> so i love margot robbie and ryan gosling intellectual discourse here on the mudville podcast yeah i'm excited for the barbie movie <laughs> here, here first so tonight the oakland athletics are doing a reverse boycott where they're going to pack the stadium for the only time this season they it's have just to protest selling like, like two to three thousand yeah i agree <laughs> you can only have a couple thousand fans in the game Usually, this time, they're going to show up to prove we're still here. We're just not showing up because you're not putting a product on the field, and you cannot relocate our team because we're not showing up. We're not showing up because you ruined our team. Yes. Uh, it's a very convoluted point, <laughs> but you, it's John an important Fisher. one. It <laughs> yeah. needs to be made. Yes. And uh, John Fisher is a scumbag. And Just today, by the way, Vegas, um, they put a deal through that was supposed to, I think, aid in the building of a new stadium or something along those lines. I, I, I saw the headline. I didn't read anything into it. I just know that there was like a kind of momentum towards them moving now to just today that just passed in, well, in their they're, state congress or something like that. But yeah. They're definitely going to put a team in Las Vegas. There will be I'm a team. Skeptical yes. that it will be the A's. <laughs> I, I think this was specifically in the A's favor, which is why I bring that up. But okay. yes, yeah, yeah. I think we as baseball fans and Americans need to also ask ourselves the question: You know, who's the game of baseball for? Is it right. for the people, or is it for these thirty owners and the commissioner? Hundred um, percent. Because. You know, I think we're kind of all to blame for this athletic situation, mm-hmm. you know, because we do have power. But I think the American sports fan uh, and in general, Americans to their relationship with corporations is kind of like Kevin Bacon in Animal House <laughs> getting hazed. It's like, thank you, sir. Can I have another? Thank you, sir. Can I have another? You know, yeah. like, oh, yeah, we're just going to move the athletics from Philly to Kansas City and then from Kansas City to Oakland and now Oakland to Vegas. You know, like, I think there needs to be more solidarity. I think we need to take a page out of European soccer when they try to form the Super League. I mean, can you imagine, like, Manchester United moving to London? What? Yeah. I don't, like, what are we doing? I don't know yeah. anything about you know? soccer, no, but that I'm would going be to imagine bad. that would be wild. Yeah, it's, Manchester's in bad. Manchester, and then they would just, you know, <laughs> yeah. they'd be like, oh, we're in London <laughs> yeah, now. You know, London it doesn't club. make any sense. Yeah. And, like, the fact that this team's moved yeah. already a bunch, it's, you know, it's it just crazy. Bad. And so, you know, we need to do a lot more to... The Premier League politically is a very different kind of organization, but your point stands. So yeah. It's, you know, There's a lot to um, be learned. So it's actually uh, just looking at it now. It's it's not full, but it is definitely... But it's looking pretty good. You it's, know, it's looking pretty uh, lively in Oakland. Definitely. Also, there are a shit ton of fans wearing these shirts that say sell, which That's is kind of nice. Um, um, but this is a game between the Rays and the A's, which are two teams who are not used to having a crowd. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> it's... Uh, 
Yeah. You know, but, th- this is just one in an endless line of things that just baffle me about the psychology of sports owners and billionaires yeah. in general, which is just how is any of this worth it? Like, you're making an entire city arguably an entire country think yeah. that you're just a villainous malicious yeah. uh scumbag Greedy. yeah and what is your end game you move the to team make a lot of money in vegas you make, you make that's an, what he wants no I, I know but of course but you make an an, an amount of money that isn't going to marginally affect yeah. your life at all because similar to um, what he could make in oakland yeah it, it's just uh he's a symptom of a plague yeah being we should also try to pass owners. legislation uh, in cities with historic teams like the Red yeah, Sox or Yankees, move. because like it's also it's such a you know cornerstone of oh, culture. Oh, could the Yankees ever leave New York? It's right. not guaranteed. Like you think about yeah. it. Oh no, the Yankees are permanent. The Red Sox are permanent. Uh, you don't, don't know have that. To be, you know, they if don't a team, have to be. You know, if, so if uh, Yankee fans, there's been a you know a very small contingent, but a contingent nonetheless who have been like, how needs to sell the team? Imagine if some giant hedge fund came in and was like, I could make. Or sp- not make, but spend a shit ton less money if I move this team to Nashville. Right. Like, you know, it's like. Or I just mean, spend less. You know, right. Because who's to dictate yeah. what kind of market you are? I mean, we're right. seeing that now with the Padres. Like, yeah. I was told yeah, my yeah. whole life they were a small market team. Right. You All know? of a sudden. <laughs> Prowlers playing around with fucking four hundred million dollar contracts. Like, and where all of are you a sudden, this? all of this like whiny. Oh, we don't have the money. Just reveals yeah. itself to be bullshit. It is bullshit. Everyone knows it's bullshit because it keeps on proving it over and over again. And it's like that being said, we could have a whole different conversation of the effectiveness we of spending money because every team that did this offseason is bad right now. <laughs> but that being said, we could have um, an endless you know. conversation about how like money is fake, and yes. you could just take it from the rich. And it's what is real it's right. is the affection that people feel for their baseball clubs. Just do whatever. The Oakland like they, I, I, we've said it before in an episode, a few episodes where we've talked about this, but they are the ones who get hurt the most by all of this bullshit. And like all this, you know, again, money being fake, being thrown around and just like moving a team that does mean a lot of people and they've already gone through with the Raiders and the Warriors. And it's just, it's, it's such a shame that it's the same fan base. Not a shame because it's the same fan base, but it's more of a shame because again, it is the same fan base who's had this in a city that is not, you know, rich or well off or whatever it just keeps on happening to them in the same place and it's you know it's uh it's sad so maybe this does something tonight let's see i've honestly been so impressed with the way with how like the oakland community for sure but also just baseball fans as a whole are really like standing up for oakland in this everyone's with them People it's, are rooting for yeah. their America's team this we year. We should not <laughs> let them play at our stadiums. Like just forfeit <laughs> the move. games. We should yeah, if they yeah. move or even now, like, We're you know, Red Sox fans, it's up yeah. to like teams who have more of a sense of permanence yeah. to be like, This is not okay. Right. Yeah. And like what? We're gonna catch another L like right. in a hundred and sixty two game season. Like <laughs> yeah. I think it's worth it to prove a point. Right. You know, make make John Fisher's life a living hell and we Absolutely. the people as baseball fans have the power to do that right i think that's that's a very good point too and i i like baseball being in vegas when gambling has been such like a dark specter over this sport in every era i mean like you know you go back to 1919 pete rose um you know like even now being in bed with all these gambling companies it's all it's like it's been there in history and just like the idea of them being 
in Vegas, it's already, I, you know, I have to imagine it's an issue with the Raiders that they have just, you know, fought tooth and nail to not, like, let be an issue. But, I mean, it would be so hard. There's so many games. And, it, like, there's, you know, it's just, I don't know. Yeah. I, like, that's just but a whole I think other side of it. But I a few at a different stadiums yeah. to, like, prove a point. And what? Like, all these teams catch an L? Right. Like, a forfeit? Right, right. Like, whoops. Like, that's fine. But, yeah. like, point heard, you know? Yeah. If you do that, it also just completely diminishes the social currency of the win, too. Right. So, right, it's right. like... Yeah, if, it means the social you know, currency, you, you know, would then suck for the club, but like it would suck for the owner too. Yeah, so and the like, casual you know, fans start asking, yeah, you know, mm-hmm, Congress right. starts asking, you yeah. know. I know we live in crazy times right now, but they've you'd gotten be surprised involved in baseball something that, before. Yeah. that's happened. Yeah, no, they've they've gotten involved before. So, yeah. um, you know, I think it's worth it. Yeah, you know, with um, this much money being thrown around and this kind of like, you know, yeah, we can force a sell. They can force a sell. All the garky thing that's happening in baseball. Well, yeah. I, I just saw today. Uh, a couple California um, legislators, including where is Gavin Newsom? <laughs> you know, including um, Barbara Lee, and, yeah, um, introduced a bill to. Wait, is he the mayor of LA or the governor of California? He's the governor of California. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Barbara Lee is in the House of Representatives, and she and one of her colleagues introduced a bill uh, that would mess with like MLB's antitrust exemption oh sure if yeah um i'm, I'm trying to get this right i'm if blocking the minor league up. unionization they, they, they were saying like, bernie was saying that they were saying like if a team but the barbara lee bill was that if a team relocates like the a's are trying to do right now they have Ooh. to like pay the community money oh they in should in some sense like there's some the like money ball like, act yeah the the money oh, ball leaves, they're, they're like you gotta pay it. a billion yeah, yeah. dollars to the city of oakland yeah two billion dollars like and three. she says and if they don't like that then we come for mlb's antitrust action right which i learned from people on the internet who are older and smarter than me yeah is how kansas city got the royals right Oh, interesting. The, Athletics the, left the measure would require the owners of the A's or any other professional baseball team that relocates more than 25 miles away to compensate its former community or Major League Baseball would be or would lose its antitrust exemption. I and love that. I you love know, it so much. this is kind of like what I was talking about, and it's something like Boston and New York should, even at the local level at city council, should yeah. be like fuck around and find out. Yeah, and obviously these are like I said more permanent, and they. Uh, probably aren't going to fuck around and they definitely don't want to find out and it's something that'd be like sure like we're going to be here for like fucking ever we'll right. sign you know and right, but that right. starts a precedent and yeah, could you start can't a spiral leave. you <laughs> yeah, know we love you don't leave but us. yeah so either in the federal government <laughs> yeah. or even in a local city government too um, you know we don't have to bend over backwards for these people all the time right. you know we can you can have a sports team on your own terms Vegas can have a team that's not the athletics right you know? right right and uh, they are planning it by the way like they there is have been rumors of the 32 team expansion that's going to happen in baseball like it's coming like it's going to be you know whether it's you know Nashville as I said earlier or Raleigh North Carolina or you know Portland Oregon it should be all of those it's I but there's going to be at least two more teams that you know enter the league soon and it's just like that's sure why not like add more like it's you know we are put them all in the playoffs (laughs) (laughs) yeah that I was going to say that might fuck up the playoffs but um 
you know, like that's that's the way that the sport is going. So if you're going to do that, just if Vegas wants a team, which I'm not even sure that they really do. I'm sure they want one. I think they do. But like, they, they it's, do. it's not like they, uh, they, they don't want to pay to construct John Fisher. They stadium. don't want John Fisher Stadium. So it's like they, you know, there is the opportunity coming to get a team. So they could just hold out and just be like, look, we are going to not only not piss off an old fan base, but have a completely new history in a city where, you know, baseball has never been. So this could be a whole new thing for us. And like, that's, that seems more enticing if I'm the Vegas city council, which I am not, but uh, you know, then uh, I unfortunately know. I am not the gaming commissioner. Uh, <laughs> I think that'll just about wrap it up for yeah. this week's episode of Mudville. Tony, thank you so much for being here. You yeah, were an amazing seriously, guest. <laughs> Do you have anything to plug? I got nothing to plug, really. Oh, um... No, I got nothing. I do, uh, I guess, yeah, kind of. Well, it's. I just had a, a screening Brick Flicks I co-produced with uh, Phil Hartman, who cool. uh, owns Two Boots Pizza, uh, a screening series at sure. a theater in Williamsburg, The Brick. Uh, it's quarterly right now, so our next one's going to be in September, October. But nice. we just screened uh, Anony, uh, the pop singer, her documentary from 2012 called Turning. It was a lot of fun. We had like 60 people. Hell yeah. Um, so yeah, nice. check out Brick Flicks online. You want to spell it? Is it B R I C K? Like Netflix? Yeah. yeah but Brick, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, go to the movies. <laughs> definitely. Take your friends. Go by yourself. Please, if you if if your friends are dicking around schedule wise, go <laughs> see the movie yourself. Sure. And then go see it again with your friends. Like, don't be afraid to go by yourself. Support the arts. Uh, and go to a baseball game too. Hell yeah, yes. go to an A's you know? game. Actually, maybe not an A's game. <laughs> go somewhere else. Don't give John Fisher money. <laughs> go see the A's on the road. <laughs> Hell yeah! Well, uh, well, I love that. Yeah, Tony, go, where can our people find you on socials? Oh yeah, you can you can follow me on Instagram. That's where I'm mostly at at Tony T O N E Y movies. Nice Tony movies at Tony movies. Awesome. Very easy name. <laughs> Short and to the point. Yeah. Well. That'll, that'll do, do it, it mud balls. Um, <laughs> I'm making it a thing. For those uh, who maybe are new to the podcast, we are Mudville. We have a podcast about baseball and cinema. Tony was our perfect guest as a avid lover of both of those things. This was a delight of an episode. Please, uh, if you haven't already, uh, rate us five stars. Leave a nice review. It helps us a lot with the like algorithm or whatever the hell all that you um know, would all really that appreciate stuff. it i know that's kind yeah. of an annoying request but we would really we'd really love it yeah please do it. we're trying to grow uh we yeah this is the mudville podcast we are on twitter at mudville pod uh i am at stuck in the coil and brody is board guy 23 you could also find me or dguy two three you can also find me on blue sky at nolan r that's been it all right we'll see you you guys next week have a good one